listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 Well, as I've said many, many times before, sports are the greatest reality show invented, and you can script everything but the outcome. That's exactly why this time of year is so much fun in our complex world. There are objective truths, and there are personal feelings, and our job tonight and every night is to make sure you don't confuse the two. And on that note, I'm Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio Studios. And tonight, I open up by giving the Matt Stafford midterm assessment, as you've now witnessed in 10 weeks, pretty much what I saw in 12 years. Don't worry, I'll be fair, and I'll also be truthful. In about 15 minutes, we'll be joined by Vegas Superbook legend and the pride of Pittsburgh, Dave Sherapan, and we'll surmise the roller coaster ride for betters and books over the last six weeks and get you ready for tomorrow as well. After Brian Finley's update, I'm going to touch on some key takeaways from Week 10, and we'll look ahead to a couple of key matchups for the NFL in Week 11, and what a crazy week it was here in Las Vegas for a couple of betters. Now, sports are entertainment, but they're more than that. They're a shared experience. As such, people want to talk about them. You've come to the right place. We've got a lot to talk about tonight. This is Straight Out of Vegas, the pregame show you always wanted. And as they say in Adam Thielen, Minnesota, it's going to be lit. All right, two words, Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford, we are halfway home now in 2021, and now you're seeing in 10 weeks what I saw in 12 years. Now, it's not tough to be a fan of Matt Stafford. He's a good guy. He's a great teammate, and he's got exceptional arm talent. And I think he's been a highlight reel for most of his career. It's just hard to have faith when you're expecting one thing and you get something quite different. See, just when you think Matt Stafford's rolling along and nothing can stop him, Stafford lays a giant egg in a game he should win. I try to tell you. I've tried to tell you many times. Now, the season is not over, and for the Rams, there's been more good than bad, but the notion that Stafford would be the Messiah, the missing link, the final puzzle piece that would enable the Rams to win a Super Bowl this year, not just get there, but win one this year, and I'll explain. Remember, they've already gotten there with Jared Goff. Pick on him all you want. He doesn't have any NFL players around him in Detroit. He got there. They're trying to get back to where Goff already got them once or exceed that. So, you know, when Rams stand, this hasn't been talked about enough, and I think I'm going to break this out tonight because when Rams owner Stan Kroenke built SoFi Stadium, he knew the NFL would award him the chance to host the Super Bowl 56 in 2022. Now, what could be better? New quarterback? New outlook, new stadium, hosting the Super Bowl in your own stadium with your shiny new toy. Look how well that worked out for Tampa Bay last year. But see, a funny thing might be happening on the way to the Forum. See what I did there? Which the Forum actually, coincidentally, is right across the street. I know I worked there for years. So as you already know, apparently success isn't for everyone. See, Stafford has already shown that twice with the Rams, and we're only halfway through the season. They started out like a house of fire. 3-0. 3-0. Then they ran into the Arizona Cardinals, and they got cooked at home 37-20. to Now, although Stafford wasn't really horrible against Arizona, he and the offense didn't do nearly enough to be in the game at the end, which is what I've always said about Matt Stafford. He's a guy you might win with, but you're not going to win because of. The Cardinals completely stymied the Rams' offense and outscored them 17-3 in the second quarter, and that kind of put the game out of reach right, when in the, right then and there. 
And that was coming off, that was for the Rams coming off a huge victory the previous week over the defending champs Tampa Bay and Tom Brady. Now then again, in week nine, the Rams are flying high, coming into their Sunday night matchup with the Tennessee Titans, who were uh, who had to travel to Los Angeles, and the Titans were without their number one offensive threat, Derrick Henry. So the final score of 28-16 to makes this game seem closer than it was. But the reality is the Rams never really got going on offense. Stafford turned the ball over twice inside Rams territory. One of Stafford's two interceptions went to the house for a pick six. The other was just vintage Stafford, whirling dervish Stafford attempting to avoid a safety while being sacked in a pirouette spin motion. He desperately flings the ball out of his hand right into the arms of a Tennessee defender. And the city of Detroit collectively gasped because they'd seen it many, many times. But you haven't. You, you weren't there. You were not there in Ford Field. This is all new to you. But that was the type of night Stafford had against the Titans' defense. He could not get anything going until the game was far to reach. See, this has been the knock on Stafford for years, and it's continuing in Los Angeles. He plays great for a stretch. He gets your hopes up just enough, then bam, he'll drop you like a bad transmission. He'll sink you like a two-foot putt, and your hopes go right with it. Now, I, I get it. The Rams could have, could have, you know, had kept Jared Goff for this type of performance. Ha-ha, laugh, clown, laugh, big games, make fun of Jared Goff. Another divisional round exit in the playoffs won't suffice, though. Anything less than an NFC Championship game appearance will be labeled as a disappointment, and the blame, I think a lot of the blame will be laid at Stafford's feet. Now, I think if they don't get to a Super Bowl this year and win it, it's it's, it's a failure. Now they have two more, probably two more years to do it. But I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna stand on what I've said all along. Stafford's a good guy. He'll be a highlight. Really does everything but win when it matters. Now maybe the level of talent around Stafford doesn't matter. See the bright lights, and here's another factor because I saw this in Detroit too. Maybe the bright lights are too much for him to handle. He beats the teams he should demolish, but against other winning teams, Stafford's one and two this season. Over his last three seasons, as a quarterback of the Lions, Stafford's record playing games with winning playing against teams with a winning record was two and sixteen. And you know my stat heading into this year, ten and sixty-five against teams who finished above five hundred. Of course, you could say, well, that was with the Lions, which I guess is fair. But you're seeing the same trend continue, even though he's playing with a much better team. The jersey might change, but the player usually doesn't. You can wish and hope for it. But he usually doesn't. Remember, again, Stafford was 10-65 and 65 for his career heading into this season when facing teams who finished above 500. And in 12 years in Detroit, I get it. I think eight of the 12 teams stunk. And Stafford was a part of that. But there were four teams that were good. I was there. I'm guessing you weren't. In fact, in 2014, the Lions had the number two defense in the NFL six Pro Bowlers, and a first ballot Hall of Fame wide receiver in Megatron. Yet they couldn't win a playoff game when Stafford turned the ball over twice in the fourth quarter in that infamous loss to the Dallas Cowboys. Back in January 2012, the Lions actually lost to the Saints in the wild card round, but they should have actually had a home playoff game that season. But Stafford and company couldn't manage to beat the Green Bay JV team in Week 17 who decided to sit all their starters that day. That was a team led by Matt Flynn in the final game of the season. Again, the Packers rested all their starters, or the Lions would have actually faced the Saints at Ford Field if they could have beaten the Green Bay JV team. So for the record, Stafford was not only 0-3 in playoff games in Detroit, 
He's 0-7 in games with playoff implications during his tenure. That's a fact. Set aside your personal feelings for a second. This is an undeniable fact. Now, Matt Stafford has the opportunity to flip the script and write a new legacy. Can he do it? By the way, the Rams don't even play tomorrow, so they got a week to lick their wounds and they get to go to Green Bay, where, trust me, it was always a nightmare when Stafford went to Green Bay. They've also got road games at Minnesota, Baltimore, and, uh, and they still got to go to Arizona. So there's four tough road games in their last seven. Stay tuned. Now, for, for Stafford, though, to change the narrative surrounding his career, he's going to have to do it when it really matters. He's going to have to do it against stouter competition and teams that win regularly. That's the only way he's going to change people's minds. And getting it done on the postseason is really what's going to matter most. Or as I said just a minute ago, he's 0-3 in his career. I'll give it to you. In 12 years in Detroit, I think 8 of the 12, the Lions had teams that were not good enough to compete for a playoff. And Stafford was part of that. He couldn't elevate it. Even Peter King said it once. Couldn't Matt Stafford once in 12 years put the team on his back? No. But four teams were good. And uh, as a matter of fact, Jared Goff outdueled him in 2016 in Detroit, and that was the game that uh, the Rams actually clinched the division with. Anyway, I digress. The bottom line is, until Matt Stafford does it on the field in January and beyond, Matt Stafford is, to quote a line, he is who he thought we was. he was. I can't even get the sentence out. And he was beating up on teams like the Texans and Lions and Giants. If he continues to do that, that's not going to change the perception. And think what you will. There's another undeniable fact. The Rams have already been to a Super Bowl, and it wasn't with Matt Stafford under center. One last thing, and I'm repeating myself. Department of Redundancy Department. Stan Kroenke built this stadium knowing he'd be able to host the Super Bowl. You know he would dearly love to host Super Bowl 56 on February 13th at home with his beloved Rams playing and Matt Stafford under center that would validate everything. Uh, don't bet on it. Stay tuned. Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year. It's amazing because Discover is accepted at 99% of the places in the U.S. at tech credit cards. Learn more at discover.com slash yes2021 Nielsen Report. Limitations apply. Coming up, one of my all-time favorites. I've known him for 11 years here in Las Vegas. Longtime sportsbook operator. You can follow him on Twitter at, at sportsconsig. His name is Dave Sherapan, and we're going to yuck it up here. Coming up. I'm Bernie Fratto, coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio Studios. This is the pregame show you always wanted, so don't go away. You're listening to Straight Out of Vegas. Straight out of Vegas! The great Bernie Fratto, folks. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. You're back on Straight Out of Vegas, the pregame show you always wanted. I'm Bernie Fratto coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio Studios. We're going to take you all the way up to 3 a.m. Without further ado, let's go to one of my favorites here in town. Known him for the better part of a decade and a half. You see him on Twitter at Sportsbook Consig. Say hello to Dave Sherapan. Dave, how are you, buddy? 
Bernie Fratto. What's up, man? Uh, well, just happy to be here on the, on the late night lit show. It's got to be lit. It's going to be lit, buddy. Uh, heading into Thanksgiving week. Now, before, Dave, I get into some juicy stuff like where the books are most exposed and the biggest decisions, uh, I got a, a tweet from a gentleman, Minnesota man, Kevin, who's on his uh, beloved Vikings tomorrow. They're a home dog catching one. Uh, I'm not involved in the game, full disclosure, but I actually feel like it might be a good spot play for Minnesota. Aaron Jones out for Green Bay. If the Vikes can run the ball. That's how you beat Green Bay. You run the ball on them. Rodgers is only 7-6 and six lifetime in Minnesota. What are your thoughts on this game, Dave? Uh, the number came just short of three, and a lot of respected people were already on the Vikings. Yes. Um, I'm expecting this thing to flip by kick tomorrow, Burn, and, and Minnesota be the favorite. It's too short of a number to say it's a public dog. Makes perfect sense to be on the Vikings, and the Packers have to lose the game. I mean, they have to eventually. I think tomorrow's as good of a shot as any. I can't, I'm leaning Vikings as well, but I stayed away from the game too. There's just there's too many other games on the board where maybe you feel a little bit stronger about this is going to be a good football game. Looking forward to watching it, but not really have a solid play in it. I think you size it up very well, Dave. The suspect, the subtext here is, uh, I know it's against a lot of practice psychology without a license, but neither one of us trust the Vikings. They're better than their record. Would you agree that they're better than their record, the way they've coughed up at least three games? They're four and five. They could easily be seven and two, six and three, but I don't trust them. Is that fair? That's very fair. I, I don't think that's, uh, I think that's very accurate. Um, a lot of, what last minute decisions? One game or one score games that didn't go their way. Um, I mean, it, they legitimately look like a playoff team right now, um, and it wouldn't surprise me to see them make it. This will go a long way towards them making that playoff position get a lot more solid if they win this game. All right, you talked about other games you like better. One game I actually like a lot better is Seattle at home against Arizona. I grabbed them earlier in the week when they were catching points. Now that Kyler Murray's out, I like Seattle even better. Russell Wilson, 35-11 and 11 coming off a loss. What's your take on that game? It almost looks too easy, but with Murray out, you can't touch Arizona. It's Seattle or nothing in the game. Worry about Russ. Um, just didn't feel like he looked like he was ready, ready. But, you know, it was cold day in Green Bay. It was his first game back. And Green Bay's defense really um, is legit. So not totally surprised, but didn't expect him to look like he had, you know, had a lot of rust on. Tomorrow we'll probably see him, you know, cook like the rust that we know. Um <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not taking. I'm not. I don't need to be the guy that has to have the Cardinals here. They, and like I said, it's Seattle or nothing. All right, I want to go to kind of an under radar game, but people I respect. But you know, you don't get rich laying double digits. Uh, but Cleveland's laying twelve and a half. I know the Lions are starting Tim Boyle at quarterback to Pride of Connecticut. They might as well start Susan Boyle. At least they get a national anthem out of it. But Dave, people I respect. Honestly, are laying the wood as if you know this game feels like it's got twenty-four to six written all over it. What are your thoughts? Man, your lines are a mess, Burn. I mean, like, but I mean, they tied my Steelers last week. I couldn't wait to talk to you and so, say, "How did we get to a tie?" That game traumatized people. Just watching it. is this really the NFL? Go ahead, Dave. 
it was, it was just one of those comedy of errors in the overtime and everything. And now Detroit is starting to, like you said, Tim Boyle, big trouble. Cleveland, I think, lay it. Detroit will be lucky to get double digits in points, right? I mean, a field goal and a touchdown is 10. I think Cleveland gets at least 24. Uh, by my math, that's good enough to cover. It's got to be Cleveland here. Yeah, uh, I, I feel the same way. Um, all right, another game people I respect are on, uh, a side that people I respect are starting to fire on, are the Bears at home catching kind of a dead number at five. What are your thoughts on that game, Dave? I don't know what to make of the Bears, Brian. Um, this is one of those spots you want to talk about spots. Baltimore off a loss on a short week to Miami, get the extra time. Don't know what's going on. Lamar's sick. He doesn't practice. He does practice. When Lamar's okay, uh, um, obviously one of the most dynamic players in the NFL. But their offense, when it's not going good, it's bad. It's not just average. It's really bad. Uh, under feels like the, 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 the side, or, you know, the total in the game, which makes you want to take the Bears. And, again, I, I always have that respect for that respected money. But I think the, I think the Ravens get right a little bit here. Limit um, Justin Fields' ability to move the ball and score. I don't think they're going to give up big plays. Chicago hasn't striked fear in anybody as far as no. making big plays. Yeah, so I'm leaning Baltimore actually on the road. Uh, and letting people bet uh, Chicago. This would be one of those ones in the book where we're like, man, we need the road favorite. And then at the end of the game, you look and you're like, yeah, we're good. Well, yes. Uh, it's a game I'm not involved in. Uh, interestingly enough, the Bears are coming off their best offensive performance. Uh, they were they were off last week, but prior, they put up 27 points in 414 yards, but they lost. And there's an oddity about the, the, the Ravens, uh, Dave. They're notoriously slow starters. They've only scored three first-quarter touchdowns the entire season. Your underplay uh, might be uh, a look. Uh, right now, that number is hovering around 44. A game I like the under a lot, Dave. The Colts visit Buffalo. Uh, you, you might get a little bit of weather. The total's a big, fat 50. And the Bills have still the best statistical defense in the league. Uh, I'd look under in that game. What are your thoughts? Agree totally with the under. This is one of those ones I give all my odds maker brethren credit for the number. Seven is the perfect number here. Yes. You you have people on both sides of it. Um, you have to be at seven. Can't be at six and a half because the Buffalo tees down is is going to be you know top three sides that are teased. But so is the Colts up. Um, so the number's perfect sidewise. It's inflated a little bit because it's Buffalo, right? Um, Colts went under last week and, I mean, didn't look their best, at least in recent time. So I'm with you. I lean, I lean to the under. The side in this thing, I mean, you could pick a side for me. I have no idea which way um, I, I think is gonna, this thing is going to end up. Would it surprise me to see the Colts win? Maybe a little bit more than it would to see Buffalo, um, you know, win by 10. Mm -hmm. uh, I agree with you. The number's right where it's at. It scares me either side. I don't want to lay a touchdown, uh, but I don't want to grab the points because I don't trust Carson Wentz. 
and they're going to need a big game out of Jonathan Taylor. Uh, you know, the Colts are famous for, you know, one-score games, right? But I think, yep. I, I, think, I think there are better games on the board. All right, let's flip to a popular public game, uh, Dallas and Kansas City. You rarely are going to get Patrick Mahomes laying under a field goal. This should be a very entertaining game. Uh, again, we all know the Chiefs 4-19 in the last 23 against the number. I, I'm not on this game either, Dave. Uh, if you had a side, which would you grab? I would actually lay it with Kansas City. I, mm-hmm. I was just, just finally saw what we expected to see from the Chiefs. Again, it was against the Raiders, who I don't think are in the top half of the league defensively. Dallas is, I mean, 8-1. and one. ATS on the season. I mean, it's been very impressive what the Cowboys have done. Um, expecting them to go on the road and win the game, it's possible. The story of this game, though, Burn, is the total, right? It's the highest total on the board by a bunch. It's one of the highest totals of the entire season. 55.5 to 56 in places. There's even a couple 56 and a half. And I can't believe I'm saying it. I'm going over. This mm-hmm. thing's a shootout. I think both oh, yeah. teams get in the 30s. Yeah. And, you know, 35, 31, uh, 38, 35, somewhere in that neighborhood. Um, it's going over. There's going to be, you know, offensive, defensive pass interference, all that stuff. And I think the team with the ball last wins. I think you're even going to get points off turnovers. The Cowboys' defense is number four in takeaways, and their pass defense is suspect. Meanwhile, the Chiefs, who've turned the ball over 20 times this year, all of a sudden plus three in turnover ratio in their last three games. I agree with you. I cannot make any case for the under. Hey, Dave, I want to squeeze one more game, and can you stay through the break and do one more set with us? Absolutely. All right, I want to squeeze in one more game here because the Raiders and the Bengals are two teams coming off very bad losses. Uh, there's a lot of backstories for this game. It'll be played right here down the street at uh, Allegiant Field. The Bengals, a short favorite. Uh, but it's your fourth road game in five weeks. Uh, what, do you, what does that game tell you? What, you know, where do your eyes go for this game? I'm surprised that the Bengals are favored. I'm surprised they're still favored. And I have a feeling that by the time this game kicks burn, Vegas is going to be favored. I think they've been waiting in the weeds, all the bad guys that like to come in and flip a number. I think it's going to flip it tomorrow. Um, I don't think that you can look as bad as Vegas did at home against Kansas City. And then I think they're going to play up after that. Since you're on the road, I mean, I, I, I just don't think it's, it's, it's going to work. I, I like Vegas. Since he can go and win, yes. Total's high. Again, expect more scoring. But I like Vegas. All right, Dave. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. When we I tell you what, I have one more thing about that game. I'm gonna get to in a minute. I want to get to some sports book stuff, and we're gonna uh, have a couple of other games. I'm gonna quiz you on. But first, let's go to the man. Uh, he went to a high school that was so tough. First, they sacked the quarterback, and then they go after his family. Brian Finney with the latest. <laughs> if only I could get on the field and play, Bernie. I was usually the fourth string. 
quarterback and never really got a chance. But I will say, let's start with football. College football, that is, on this late Saturday on the West Coast. And number nine, Oklahoma State, breezing past Texas Tech, 23 to nothing. The Red Raiders had 108 yards of total offense. Number 23, Utah, booting out Oregon from playoff contention with a 38 to 7 W. After the game, Ducks head coach Mario Cristobal said, quote, it hurts and it needs to hurt. If anybody is giddy on the airplane, they don't need to be on the airplane. It needs to hurt. When we wake up tomorrow, we need to flush it. Close quote. Number 12, Ole Miss averts Vanderbilt 31 to 17. Matt Corral, 326 yards passing and two touchdowns. 11th ranked Baylor. Seesaws past Kansas State 20 to 10, despite the Bears starting quarterback Gary Bohannon going down with an injury in the first half. Number five, Cincinnati putting away SMU 48 to 14. Des Ritter, three touchdown tosses. 15th ranked Wisconsin squeaks past Nebraska 35 to 28. The Huskers have lost five in a row. Bernie's going to like this result. Number six, Michigan, no problems against Maryland 59 to 18. Wolverines wide receiver Donovan Edwards, 10 catches, 170 yards, and one score. Number two, Alabama wins out the SEC Division West Division title with their 42 to 35 victory over number 21, Arkansas. A win for number one, Georgia over Charleston Southern. Fourth ranked Ohio State gets the job done against seventh ranked Michigan State 56 to seven as well. CJ Stroud, six touchdown passes in the first half alone. And finally, just a couple quick notes from the NFL as we get ready for another busy slate of games on Sunday. According to ESPN, the Lions are going to start quarterback Tim Boyle. Yes, this Sunday against the Browns because Jared Goff is still dealing with that oblique injury. Jaguars running back James Robinson is questionable. At least that's initially what his designation was with those knee and heel injuries. But signs are pointing to him playing on Sunday against the 49ers. Cardinals Colt McCoy is on track to start for injured Kyler Murray, which uh, technically it's a game time decision, but it looks like he will miss his third consecutive contest as Arizona takes on the Seahawks. And lastly, Lamar Jackson, the Ravens quarterback, of course, is 50-50 as far as his status for playing on Sunday with an illness not COVID related, but I'm sure Bernie, as I send it back to you, fantasy football owners are going to be very interested to see about the whereabouts of Lamar Jackson, if he can go, if he cannot. Back to our man in Vegas, it's Bernie Fratto. Thanks so much, Brian. I think Lamar Jackson will go. Uh, We're talking with Dave Sherapan at Sports Consig on Twitter, longtime sports book director here in Las Vegas, and of course the pride of Pittsburgh. Uh, They have a sandwich named after you yet, David David Permanis? No, but um, if anyone's listening, we can work on that. I'm, I'm, I'm totally in favor of it, Bert. I'm, I'm with you, man. Uh, I'll order two of them. All right, real quickly, final footnote on the on the Raiders. What scares me about them, Dave, they're, they've scored 16 points or fewer, the Raiders, in four of their last six games, and I really believe they do miss Henry Ruggs. They can't take the top off of defense. You mentioned yep. you think that game could flip and the Raiders could be favorites. What's going to drive that decision in your view? Um, well, you know, I mean, for the first time in a, you know, maybe ever, I mean, I guess it's, you know, the Golden Knights are a home team, but like the day of game money that comes in now on the Raiders is significant. And if that is driven early, you know, you just flip it. When it's one on top, you just go right to one on the bottom 
on the other side. There's no, right. there's very little move to pick. You just, you just flip it. So if you get a limit play early, you go the other way. And I, I just feel like I've seen it so many times when the road team is the one, it flips to the other team, especially the home team now um, in Vegas. I just have a feeling that's coming. That just based on a couple of people that I talked to, and then just seeing it for years, I, I could be wrong, but I, I don't think this. I think this thing goes that way rather than Cincy minus two and a half, and I don't think it touches three at all. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, look, the Raiders are a public team. We're going to get California money. When you get I get all that. All right, a couple other quick games here. The Panthers host the Washington football team. Bank of America Stadium is going to be hyped up. You've got the return of Cam Newton, and you've got the return of Ron Rivera. Here's an interesting angle in this game, though. Washington football team fresh off upsetting the Super Bowl champs last week as a 10-point underdog. Typically, when that happens in the NFL, teams are following week 3-15 and against the number after beating the Super Bowl champs. I think you throw that out the window tomorrow. Who's getting the money in this game, Dave? Panthers are three and a half. I'm surprised this is over three, to be perfectly honest. I'm leaning with Washington. Um, I was impressed with that game last week against Tampa. And, yes, you know what happens. Like, I mean, Cam's a veteran. But the first game back has all the juice, right? Like, sure. you're you're – and then the second game back, you have that little bit of a setback or, or just, you know, you come back to earth. And this is going to be a close game. I mean, the lo- the total's 43, so it's going to be low scoring. Um, Rivera, I always give the edge to the coach, especially the defensive coach, when he gets a shot at game planning for his previous quarterback. So I think Washington has them, you know, tight lock as long as they don't turn the ball over more times than Carolina. If they just keep it even, I think they can win the game. I, I think it's Washington. Fair enough. Final game that I want to talk about. Don't look now, but ever since the Urban Meyer restaurant incident, the Jaguars are 2-2, two and two and they compete. And actually their defense, to me, has looked pretty decent, but the Niners find themselves as a number six, uh, check that, a number nine seed now, and they're going to play this like a playoff game tomorrow. Niners travel across country to lay six and a half. Uh, what are your thoughts on this game? Byron, this is one of those ones where me and you would be talking on the, in the book on Sunday morning, yeah. and you'd ask me, hey, did anybody bet Jacksonville yet? And I'd say no. no, And then, and, and then, I'm, and then I'm firing on Jacksonville, yeah. That's it. Like, we would be sitting there, and, and it's in every teaser, it's in every money line, oh boy. and it's in every parlay, San Francisco. I mean, it's it's that easy, right? They just beat the Rams Monday night. They're back, and they're laying a big number on the road. And I'm telling you, Jacksonville keeps this thing close. It would not surprise me at all to see this be one of those, like, setback games for the Niners where Jacksonville actually wins. But I, I think it's a field goal game, 24-20, um, 23-20, 20-17, something like that, where San Francisco, okay, they win, but they don't cover the spread. And, again, you like to take the dog when you think they're going to win. I think Jacksonville can win, but I, I just don't I – mean, 
unless they just give them the game, which you're right, they haven't done. I think Jacksonville's in it all the way to the final whistles. I couldn't agree more. I feel like it's a 20 to 17 game. Pick a side, lightly into the Niners to win, but not. I'm no way it can lay a touchdown. I think Jacksonville's competing. All right, Dave. Before I let you run, which of the games tomorrow that are the biggest decisions for the books, and which, if any, games are the books most exposed on? Well, that one is number one: San Francisco and Jacksonville. Um, just with the side, um, San Francisco is a, is a huge favorite. Like I said, in everything, um, some big steam came on the Eagles, burn, uh, and then the big news with the tackles being out uh, for the Saints. It went from like an opener, some picks, it was minus ones. It's to two and a half. It's touched three in some places. That's a huge decision for the books. Uh, they, you know, a lot of them need the Saints outright winner. Um, the other one is, is the Sunday night game. I mean, if these games all fall, this is going to be a gigantic decision for the books against my Steelers. The number came a little bit like three and a half. Got up four and a half, five. The news was Roethlisberger maybe not playing. They got up to six. And then T.J. Watt still may be questionable. Mika Fitzpatrick, uh, he tested positive. I don't know if he's going to play. A lot of question marks for the Steelers. It's back. It reached six. Ticked back down to five and a half. Uh, one or two books are back at six. Um, it's going to be a big, big decision Sunday night. Uh, the books are going to need the Steelers, and I don't know if they're going to get there. I really don't. I don't know what to make of the Chargers. That's one of those teams that looks great, and then they don't. And then you think you got them figured out where they don't, and then they go and win a game. Chargers are one of the teams hardest for me to, like, look at the game, make a number, and then we'll have a, a strong opinion. It's my understanding Ben Roethlisberger is playing. Did you get the same information? I did. He's actually – so he passed the second test. He's on a separate flight flying to, to L.A. by himself or whatever on, uh, from the team, and he is going to play. So hasn't practiced. Somebody sent me the text, said he's going, he's going to play. Okay. Um, but, you know, this is one of those ones where, like, you know, I've seen it for years. He don't play. He don't practice. Uh, you know, he's, he's away from the team. He'll come. They'll ask him to throw 35 times. He'll throw three touches, although burned. He looks stunned to me. He just doesn't have oh, it. Oh, like yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah. Uh, he got old overnight. He's had more. Look, he's what? He's 38 years old, 39? Yeah. Yeah, 39. Yeah. He, he, he's been he's been hit more than Rocky Balboa, and he's had more surgeries than Joan Rivers. He's done. However, <laughs> there's one thing, Dave. There's one thing. The Chargers are no bargain. They're two and three at home. And the Steelers did run for 229 yards last week against the Lions, so maybe they're going with a steady diet of running. And I see the line right now, minus 5.5, but I don't think you can lay it with the Chargers, but be that as it may. Final question, I only got about a minute here. Are you yep. starting to see some futures action on the New England Patriots? Oh, yeah. Listen, they're the last couple weeks, I mean, I've been saying it, uh, you know, even on, like, my podcasts and, and other shows, the Patriots are getting right. And it's not so much Mac Jones. It's that defense. Mark. Yes, yes. So I think you're starting to see, I mean, the, the AFC really feels wide open, you know, between the Bills, the Titans, the, the Patriots now. Um, it's really kind of wide open. The Patriot money's coming, and it's dropping. And now they won. If Buffalo loses, burn their first place. Yeah, 
They are, and they get Buffalo twice, I think, in the next four weeks. So that's going to answer a lot of questions. Dave, let's get you on again as we get close to the new year and the playoffs are upon us and the seedings are upon us and those types of things. And in the meantime, have a fun day tomorrow. All right, man. And we'll, uh, we'll definitely be in touch on the Twitter, Ohio State-Michigan next week. It's only the biggest game in the country. That's right. Buckeyes currently, I think, laying four and a half. All right. Thanks so much, Dave. He is Dave Sherapan, longtime sportsbook director here in Las Vegas at Sports Consig on uh, Twitter. And uh, as you as you can tell, he's been around the block. He's got his finger on the pulse very, very much. Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year. It's amazing because Discover is accepted in 99% of the places in the U.S. to take credit cards. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report. Limitations apply. Coming up, I want to talk about a couple of trends in the NFL this year that have been solid in the first 10 weeks, even an NBA trend, how one better had a hunch in spring training and made himself a million dollars, which he cashed on this past week. And I'll give you my best bet in NFL Week 11. I'm Bernie Fratto coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio Studios. This is the pregame show you always wanted, so don't go away. You're listening to Straight Out of Vegas. Straight Out of Vegas! The great Bernie Fratto, folks. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Hey, it's Ben, host of The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller, along with my trusty sidekick, David Gascon. Would mean a lot to have you join us on our weekly auditory journey. You're asking, what in God's name is The Fifth Hour? I'll tell you, it's a spinoff of The Ben Maller Show, a cult hit overnights on FSR. Why should you listen? Picture, if you will, a world where we chat with captains of industry in media, sports, and more every week. Explore some amazing facts about human nature and more. Listen to The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, Podcast or wherever you get your podcast. We're back on Straight Out of Vegas, the pregame show you always wanted. I'm Bernie Fratto coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio Studios. Before I go any further, I want to thank my broadcast team who will be with me all the way up to 3 a.m. Pacific, 6 a.m. Eastern. And that, of course, is Ricky Herrera, Chris Perfett, and Brian Finley on the updates. Stick with us. We've got a ton of stuff uh, to get to. Uh, first things first, I talked about an NFL trend that early games blindly bet the under this season 61% through week 10. Uh, the outdoor games, if you just blindly bet the under in all the outdoor games, 63%. Interestingly enough, we've got Indianapolis visiting Buffalo, or it could be cold tomorrow, and uh, both teams are run first. And you've got an outdoor game, and you've got an early game, so, you know, you may consider what you want to do with that and while we're on the total on the uh, subject of unders and, and by the way the reason for that i believe in the nfl is is there are, you know our fans back in the uh, stands and uh, i think that uh, a lot of the numbers were the market numbers were created based on last year's you know performance where there were not a lot of holding calls and there were fans in the stands and so just something to watch i don't know if it's going to continue just an observation same with the nba through last thursday at totals that are 220 or higher if you blindly bet all the unders you're cashing a tidy 59 percent now that that's a situation where that goofy foul call where you know james Harden would be dribbling the ball at the top of the key and he'd lean into the defender he'd initiate the contact and next thing you know he's going to the line to shoot free throws uh, that Michigas is out the window. Thank God none of us liked it, except for maybe James Harden. 
And obviously, there's nothing better for an NBA over than if the clock is stopped and you're scoring points. But if the clock's not stopped as much and there are less fouls, ergo, you're going to have less points. All right. I mentioned that it was an interesting week in in Las Vegas. And uh, the reason is a gentleman had a hunch last March and he placed a prop bet on Shohei Otani to win the American League MVP. Now, most people bet fifty, hundred dollars on prop bets or a little bit more. This gentleman decided to put thirty grand on a bet that was thirty to one. Well, guess what? It cashed. You all saw Shohei Otani was the unanimous MVP, and he should have been. This gentleman also put a thousand dollars on another prop. The prop being that Shohei Otani would be the American League leader in home runs. He got ninety to one on that. Put the two together. It's a cool nine hundred ninety thousand. How was your day? Nicely done. It takes guts to bet prop. I don't bet props. Things happen. Weird things happen. I remember one year I had Derek Fisher in the in the uh, in the NBA playoffs years ago. All he had to do was the over under on his three points three pointers were one and a half, and he rolled his ankle to start the game, and I was done. That's I, so you find your own high water mark when you bet. You do what you think works for you. Props don't work for me. And just so everybody knows, a prop bet is a proposition. It can involve a player performance, an in-game performance, a season performance, or there are prop bets involving teams. Like, for instance, the Raiders this year, their over-under prop bet in wins was 7.5. Right now they're 5-4. and four. But there's no guarantee they're going to get over that eighth win. A lot of the pros bet the under, but be that as it may, you know what props are. All right, the game I like best tomorrow, and I really do like this game a lot. Uh, I got it Tuesday, and the Seattle Seahawks were catching two at home. And when they were a home underdog, I could follow the trend that makes them a, they're 10-3 against the spread uh, as a home dog the last three years. But Russell Wilson is 35-11 and 11 as when he's coming off a loss and the Arizona Cardinals will not have their starting quarterback tomorrow I look for the Seahawks to bounce back you get a nice light lumber number I like the Seahawks tomorrow it's my best bet all right that's going to do it for straight out of Vegas but keep it locked right here because we'll take you to 3 a.m. this is Fox Sports Sunday on Fox Sports Radio I'm Bernie Fratto straight out of Vegas 